for 25 i don't know what years and it still sounds like faith no more and so um, were you were you into them before you heard that album oh yes like since high school or something um what changed my life was um at high school i was playing in a band and uh, we had a we had a drummer and he knew the band's like tool current 93 some like very experimental interesting bands and lots of some stuff from mike Patton and until then, I was listening to, I don't know, MTV rock or whatever, because should I, I didn't have the environment to tell me, hey, man, listen to Led Zeppelin or something. I don't know. Okay. So with, with that CD, with that uh, compilation, I um, maybe I shouldn't confess on podcast that I it was pirated music or whatever. It was copied uh, back then, I think. It, it, I hope it was legal. The statute of limitations has run out, Tamus. Uh, so I think you're safe. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and then I listened to those like there was Apex Twin, Tool, and uh, like At the Drive-In, the pre-Mars Volta, and uh, with that album, uh, with that CD, I started listening to Faith No More, and then like whatever any noise that Mike Patton makes in the time of today. And it's really sad that I heard that he had to cancel these new faith no more tour because of some problems that he's having it's well, really good, sad good for him for opening up about those issues and talking about them as a high profile musician uh, i think that's wonderful that he's able to to talk about those things absolutely you know it's it's sad that you know we're not going to be able to see them live they'll be back though uh and yeah. i think that you know the record that they put out uh, i'm with you it was Saul Invictus was amazing and i played it over and over and over again and similar to you i had listened to faith no more as a kid growing up watching the videos uh you know and then there was that you know the span where he's doing tomahawk uh yeah. and uh oh my gosh now i'm mr bungle what well, mr bungle thomas uh yeah mr. Fantomas. Uh, and and i like those bands but boy they're not faith no more i mean there's something about faith no more that uh they they bring it. Uh, and that Absolutely. album, I, I'm with you. I could not stop listening. Where Definitely. did you go then from there musically? So you were listening to Faith No More. What got you into you know, the stoner doom scene? First that I can remember is that I was like um, listening to trying new stuff in Spotify or whatever or just YouTube. And I came across the song Rumors of War from High on Fire. And I listened to it and I thought it, it slapped me on my face and I thought, Wow, this is um, this is heavy. I listened to that song. I thought, wow, this is so this is raw, and there isn't. It's not like rock with romantic content in it. Like, hey, why did you do that to me or whatever? It's really <laughs> just raw. Um, another thing is that, of course, when your when your mother tongue is not English, when you grow up and when you listen to those bands, those cool musicians, the vocals it's just it's just another instrument. It's just another sound. You don't exactly understand what that person is saying. So I listened to High on Fire and then I got into Down before I even knew about Pantera. Okay. And then I, and then I thought to myself, okay, what is the essence of those things that I like? Like, I like those bands, but I cannot put my, I cannot frame it. I'm not trying to say like, what is the genre? Because it can be anything. And then I got into more and more like Stoner Rock. I discovered Kaya's um, and then I thought, yeah, okay, that's. Okay, I like stoner rock. Now I found, right. found out stoner metal because of Black Sabbath and everything, which I also list, like listened to very lately, just uh, till a few years ago. Um, yeah, this is this is how I got 
up to this point. Okay. But what about you? Like now, now completely different. Like now, the other part of the world. How how did you come to this? How did you come to making, creating this this genre? And um, what was it for you? Okay, so I'm. We were talking earlier, and you were talking about this CD that you got that had all of this music on it, and you know that's kind of your first step into something different. And I think the thing that's so interesting is that no matter how far apart we are, you know, you're on the opposite side of the world. We have these similar shared experiences. There's usually this person that says, Hey, you should check this out and you go and check it out. And it does exactly what you said. It changes your life. And for me, there was a time when I was 16 years old and I was watching MTV and there were two videos that came on. One of them was Pantera, Mouth for War, and the other was uh, Henry Rollins, oh my gosh, which uh, off of the End of Silence album, I don't remember uh, what the song was, that moment changed my life and sent me then on this musical journey. And from there, then it was anything heavy. And then, you know, eventually I went into punk rock and I had a band in Arizona playing punk rock. And then you come back to these things that, and you see that the genre has changed. And now there's these new bands that are out. And one of the ones though, that was consistent throughout the years was clutch. And I was able to see clutch back on their self-titled tour in Cleveland, Ohio. And, you know, you start following that band and they take you down these journeys because if you see Clutch Live, they're the best live band out there, but also they bring the best supporting acts with them. They bring acts from all different uh, genres. And so then you get into these other bands. So I saw them, you know, somewhere around 2007, 2008, and they had the sword with them. So the sword had put out a couple of albums and I, yeah, I made that face as well. Tame. It was, I was like, Oh yeah, these guys are, this is heavy. So then you start going down there as well, down that rabbit hole and you get into the sword, you get into sleep, you get into Caius, you get into all of these other bands and it just doesn't stop. And I also, I get so frustrated when I hear people say, well, there's no good music out there then you're looking in the wrong spots because whatever, whatever genre you're interested in, somebody's doing something new and awesome. And so then it turns into, well, listen, if the sword can do it, I can do it. Right. And so I had this buddy. And so this is kind of how the band formed is I had this buddy, uh, in Michigan and, uh, my best friend, uh, I call him the party man. My kids call him the party man. So I, was talking to the party man one day and I said, listen, you know, we're getting older. We, we need a hobby. Let's start buying a lot of guitar equipment and let's <laughs> form a band. Party man had never played an instrument in his life. He picked up the bass guitar within six months. We had songs. I was so excited. So it started with he and I, uh, in my garage where all bands start and you know, we were trying to figure out names for the band and, hey, just two old guys in a garage, uh, you know, something foolish, but we needed a drummer. So I uh, just put an ad on Craigslist and uh, Matt Fry, our drummer, he responded. He left me a voicemail that I keep to this day in 2015. 
saying, Ooh. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm interested. So, uh, it, it was hilarious because, you know, in Craigslist, you have all of these crazy encounters. You have stories of crazy encounters. So, uh, my wife said, Hey, you, you really probably need to meet this guy in a public place. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm thinking, listen, you know, I, I heard the guy's voice. It sounds like he's into the same kind of things. It should be cool. So we meet at a bar and he brings his wife. And so we had the conversation there. I said, now tell me the truth here. Uh, Mrs. Fry, did you, uh, force yourself to come here to make sure that your husband was safe. <laughs> she says, yes, yeah, yes, I did. So, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're old men, you know, I mean, we're older guys yeah. at that point anyways. And so, uh, it was hilarious. You know, we had similar tattoos, similar interests. And so I said, okay, this is the guy that we should have to play drums. And it was so much less about how good are you? Uh, it wasn't about, uh, you know, what kind of fills can you do? And can you play odd time signatures? And it was, are we going to sit in here and have fun? Can we write a riff that we're going to enjoy? Uh, and so that's how that started. And we just played in the garage, came up with a bunch of songs. Uh, I can't remember, you know, I still, it's so great today with digital recording, you know, on this phone that I have, I can record anything at any time. Yeah. You know, I can't do a great, you know, uh, I probably can't write an album on it. I can come pretty close, but even if I'm just in the car and I get something in my head, I can record it. Then I can go back to it. I can store it on there. I can, you know, I have garage band on there and technology just yeah. keeps advancing. And I think I, you know, I had an iPad at one point, so I was writing riffs on there. Uh, so you know, we, we started gathering all of these riffs and songs and, uh, finally put them together. Uh, we went into the studio and it was a river city studio in grand rapids, Michigan. It was just an amazing experience. And I, you know, I have to, I was thinking about this conversation that we were going to have and what kind of things would we talk about? Uh, you know, I want to, I think what I really would want people to get out of this is to just encourage them to just get out and start playing. You know, you don't have to be a technical wizard, you know, get your best friend. And, and that's, it was something I heard. I think it was the band rancid. One of my, my favorite punk rock bands. Yeah. They said, Hey, we were just a bunch of kids, but we were best friends and we just wanted to play music with our best friends. We didn't have to be good. We didn't have to have the right equipment. We just had to have a love for each other and a love for this music that we were going to do. So I think it was, it was that, you know, definitely with the party man. And then Matt Fry was a great addition. Uh, I really like having a power trio. I think it's a pretty, you know, powerful, you know, a thin Lizzie type of sound. Uh, so I was very, just very fortunate to have uh, Matt Fry come aboard and be interested in what we were doing. Wow. Uh, when, which year was this, by the way? Sorry, in case you told it. Uh, so I, boy, Party Man and I probably started playing like 2013 or 14. I mean, we spent a good year, I think just he and I in the basement, uh, really just doing cover songs, uh, and just learning, learning to play and then learning to play together. And then we added Matt Fry in 2015 
And, you know, I think that's, you know, you hear about uh, these bands that take so long to do an album. I mean, we all work full time. It took us five years to put it out. And, you know, I think we recorded it in 2019, maybe, maybe 2018. But Then what do you do after that? And so back to what I was saying earlier, just go do it. And that's what we did. We just said, you know, what, what are our goals as a band? Where our goals are, we want to make an album, and our other goal was we wanted to p- play a European festival. At least that was my goal. Uh, haven't done the European festival, haven't been invited to do that, but we did the record. And all it is is time and money. And I realize for mus- some musicians, you know, the money part is the tough thing. Absolutely, uh, yeah. But I think we recorded it for probably a thousand bucks, which again, we're older guys. We all have careers. Uh, you know, for somebody just starting out, a thousand dollars is a crazy amount of money. But we we just kept at it, and we kept mm. developing the songs, making them better, better. Okay, now we're ready to record, and we just did it. And we did all of this on our own. You don't need to have a label. You don't need to have you know really a a producer. You don't need to hire these people if you just want to do it figure it out because it, it's pretty easy. You know, we used, I used a CD baby to release the album. So the album's on, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, it's on all the, you know, major streaming platforms, YouTube. And it was so easy to do. And that I think was, you know, $70 to do. Well, it's doable. You know, you can, you can do this stuff on your own and just the experience of it. I mean, you know, you can sit around and play video games all day. You can do whatever kind of hobby you want to do, but get your best friend. And if you guys have any interest in a band, grab some instruments, start, just start playing, just start doing it. Great, man. And I want to ask you a question about the, the festivals, but before, um, these days it is, lot easier to you know like um let's say record your songs and also distribute them you know like when you say like now the album is on spotify apple music i don't know five or ten years ago that would be like wow this is like some worldwide stuff how did you manage that but now it's accessible um but also when you want to when you're making music when you make music today or any other creative work you know instagram facebook tiktok uh I don't know, Snapchat, Twitter, like you, you have to, you have to be out there, um, reach people. So this is also the other part. Do you see this part as, as a plus, like, okay, this is something that you can do yourself. You don't need to go to an agency or have your record label boss talk with someone, blah, blah, blah. Or you see it as like, ah, now, okay, I have to do this now. Now I have to post that. Is it like, um, something that makes you feel colder to what you love doing or is this something that you see as sure yeah if i can do it myself if i have access to it why not that's kind of a tough question and i for me it's a difficult question because i i've been off social media now for a couple of months and i kind of gave myself a a ban from social media because they're so I got too involved in it. And so when you talk about then, you have to build, I mean, you're basically building a brand. 
that's what you're doing with your yeah. band, with your music. You are you're branding it. You know, you're putting it out a specific genre of music. You know, you're not putting out an album where you're doing a polka song, a classical song, a metal song. You know, like you're in a genre. So what is your brand going to be? And I have a buddy that was in a touring band. And he said that that was one of the most difficult parts was the social media aspect. And so you have to do that. And the thing about putting together an album, we knew if one person listened to it, that's all I wanted. I knew that I was making this for me. I wasn't making this for, I'm not going to be famous by doing it. Uh, I'm going to, I did it because I enjoyed it because I wanted to do something with my friends because I wanted something that was lasting uh, and something that I could share. Now, there's all these other things behind it. And Tamus, I think you you absolutely can do it on your own. But the social media part, I think if I went back, I would probably have wanted to have somebody do that for me. If, But that's if I wanted to make this a career. And this is not my career. This is just a hobby that I'm doing. Would I love more people to listen to it? Absolutely. However, you know, it, I I didn't do it so that I could have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I did it because I loved the music and I needed something to do during the winter in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, same with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. All that stuff. It was the same for me, and I've also been off the social media for like a few years now. For me, it was the ads. I just kept seeing ads too many times and you cannot block enough of them. So anyways, <laughs> it, it's a never ending block. Yep, exactly. Um, festivals, you said, I would love to see you on a European festival and I hope it will be Germany. And please let me know. The question is, how how does a band like what do you need to do to uh, take a stage in a festival? I have no idea. It's probably you have to have enough listeners you have to have enough people on your social media to you know want to be invited i'm sure that has plenty to do with it it's also word of mouth and it is yeah. i i have a few friends that are in this industry the music industry and it really seems that it is a lot of it is who you know And so you'll be buddies with somebody in a band and then that band takes you on tour or they have an agent and they get you involved with their agent because, you know, they really, you know, you guys turn into buddies or, you know, you go on tour for a couple of weeks. And if you're professional and show up and kill it every night, well, then it keeps getting better and better for you. That's just tough to do, you know, having a career. But I think it's, it's both of those things. You know, but if you put out a solid album, you know, you would hope that if somebody listens to it, they'll go, okay, listen, let's, uh, let's give these guys a chance. Let's, you know, take them here. But as you said at the beginning, with the advancement of technology, anybody can do this. And so everybody is doing it. Everybody is putting together a band and there's so many good ones out there, but there's a lot of them out there that aren't that good as well. Definitely. So, uh, going back though, to the social media thing, I mean this for you now with this podcast, how are you, because you now need to start promoting yourself because that's what it's about is you want people to start listening to 
your podcast. So you now have to start to navigate that as well and start promoting yourself. And I mean, that really seems like that is the only thing that social media is, is self-promotion. Exactly. When you like selling stuff, getting people to to buy your stuff. So yeah, I have I have a Twitter account for that podcast and and also Instagram. Yeah, but TikTok or Snapchat? No, no fucking way. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm too old for it. I'm not old, but uh, no fucking way. I'm not yeah. going to do a TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I was going to say you're getting old. Like that's the sign when when you're starting to reject technology. That's yeah. the sign. That you're, <laughs> like, I, I'm getting on there in the years. That's yeah. No, that's too funny. I, and I think yeah. So our band, I think we're just on Instagram, but I think there is also a Facebook page. Uh, I'm not really. I have a Twitter account, but I don't have it on my phone. Uh, I'm with you. You know, those algorithms are terrifying, and yeah. I don't feel like I need to be advertised to. However, the one reason that I I do like some kind of social media is to learn about new bands. That is, you know, Facebook has all of these groups, and so they've got these awesome stoner rock groups. Uh, they have some specifically for European stoner rock, Scandinavian stoner rock. Yeah. And, you know, those are, that's really the only reason I want to know what bands are doing. And so that's the platform. I mean, that's what everybody uses. That's how you find out about things. Now, the yeah. other thing I do like though is, and this is similar. I know Spotify does this as well. I, I like Apple music. They have this thing that you play an album and then they're going to start playing bands that are similar. So I find new bands that way as well. So I'm hopeful that at some point I can just get rid of the social media, but then it goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, the brand. How do I get people to listen to this album? You know, so it's a necess- it's just a necessary evil. Yeah. And I guess that was, maybe that was the, the first motivation, right? Like to, you know, get to know different stuff. Um, so who... Who's your favorite band that you're listening to right now? Right now? Oof. I mean, I only listened to Faith No More the last days, but other than that, I just, I always go back to High on Fire. High on Fire and Tool. These are okay. the bands that I always go back to. And once in a while, Black Sabbath, because I still haven't caught up completely after all those years of listening to Black Sabbath. So yeah, those three would be... um will be my favorite bands currently what about you so i am totally into this band called sleep moscow it is the lead singer of green leaf uh i think his name's arvid and do you know who green leaf is no okay you gotta check them out um they're kind of quintessential stoner rock they're scandinavian have you heard of the band dozer i think i did yeah Okay, check out Dozer as well. So Dozer was big big in the 2000s, 2010s. They're still kind of together, but they then formed this band Greenleaf, and they are outstanding. So the past couple years, though, they've had a fairly consistent lineup. Prior to that, it was uh, more of a revolving lead singer. But they've got this guy, and he's wonderful, but he's got this side band called Sleep Moscow. And it's not really stoner rock. It's almost more uh, electronic. 
man, is it, they've got two albums. Oh my gosh. They are haunting. They are, they're almost more atmospheric, but I cannot stop listening to that. Uh, Lowrider is another stoner rock band that have been around forever. They put an album out last year called Reflections. I cannot stop listening to that album. It is the last track, Pipe Rider. Oh, I, one of the best riffs uh, I've heard in years. It's so simple. And it's one of those songs from a band that you go, oh, I can write something like this. I can do this. Okay, yeah. It's it's so great. And then I there was a this band, Elephant Tree. They put out an album a couple years ago called Habits. And they're also fantastic. Uh, super, super awesome, like kind of psychedelic stoner rock material. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Check them out. Let me know if you dig them. They're, uh, that's what I'm, and I started getting into like, uh, oh, kind of the, this ethereal. Yeah. Yeah. You um, told me about this. Yeah. Yeah. Instrumental bands. Uh, they're just, there's something about it. They kind of set a mood. Uh, I tried to explain it to the party man. I said, it's music that you expect to be in a movie. And I want to watch these movies that they're making these songs for. Like I can almost imagine scenery and I can imagine a certain set with some of this uh, music. But, you know, again, it's when we started this conversation, I mean, there's, if you tell me that there's no good music out there, you're not looking in the right spot. Yeah, of course. I mean, but this is like this for a lot of genres, right? I mean, not only stoner rock, same with the pop even, let's say, or same with, I don't know, hip hop. This is also something some I sometimes say about like, yeah, there is no good new music in blah, 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 whatever X genre, but no, there is actually. I'm just looking for it in on radio or on MTV or right. the, today's uh, correspondence of uh, MTV. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, the things that you find that just stick with you, you know, you said it, it, you heard faith no more and it just stuck with you. You know, you could, you'll probably listen to 20 bands and only one of them sticks, you know, but at least you're out there trying these different bands and looking at the, you know, seeking out different, uh, different musicians, et cetera. So, yeah, I'm going to listen to those bands and I'm going to come back to you and we will talk about it once again. Um, about good. Those bands. I, I hope so. Yeah. And listen, put Greenleaf and uh dozer, you know, make sure yeah. you listen to them. I mean, uh, they're, I, I think those are the bands that really dozer for sure is the stoner rock band that really, really got me into the genre. Wow. Uh, I, they have, I think six albums perhaps. And every one of them, every single track is amazing. Uh, so check them out. And again, then they evolved into Greenleaf. And I think Dozer does a couple, uh, they do some festivals there from Sweden. Check them out. I will definitely. Yeah. So I, I have a question because I don't get to ask this too often. You know, somebody that has listened to the album, what did you, what did you like about the Buddha Haas album? What, um, you know, was there a particular track that you liked? What did you think? The track that I liked was the Clark, as I also, I think I told you beforehand. But anyways, um, what I like about the album is I, I like it when it's a bit, I don't know how to call it, but 
raw because just give it to me raw don't make it too pretty don't like someone who really loves coffee but then you serve them cream caramel blah blah whatever and the guy says fuck that give me the beans i like it raw don't make it too sugary or like don't make it too sweet this i i think this is what i'm looking for like uh, i want it like that and this is that that is the taste that i got from the album i'm not talking about how it was mixed or something but the way that it is played yeah i i think this is this is the only word that i can say that it's it's raw and yeah that's all i can say about the album maybe you can explain it better for me if you went for that if you can recognize what i'm trying to say I absolutely recognize what you're saying and I I don't we didn't intentionally do that but I I just didn't know any other way. So it was just the three of us and I think that's one of the one of the things that you know I do like about a power trio is that you you don't have layers and layers and layers of tracks. You know we went into the studio and it was the, just the three of us in a giant room and it's like what you see on you know behind the music it was awesome right you've got your engineer your your recording engineer in the other room and it's just the three of us in this vaulted ceiling it was a beautiful space and it's just us and the amps and i ran uh i run two two stacks uh i have a i run a dual dark through this marshall um, I think it's an MF for something. Uh, it's a little bigger cabinet than the regular 1960 cabinets. So I was running one signal through there and then I was running another signal through a Laney, uh, Ironheart, uh, 60 watt head. And so then that is, you know, I'm able to get a little different tone out of each of those. So I had both of those behind me. Party man was on my left. Uh, Matt Fry was in front of me with the drums. So it was a live setting. And I think that adds to it. And the only, I went back then and did the vocals with uh, the guy that mixed and recorded us, Ryan Cunningham. I went back to his place and I did the vocals there and then i think i did like maybe one or two solos i mean it's not i'm not i'm not a technically good guitar player at all uh i think there's a there's two types of guitar players there's a guitar player that can play every note to stairway to heaven and then there's a guitar player that wrote stairway to heaven yeah and i'm <laughs> nice. you know i'm i'm the guy that can write a riff uh i i enjoy doing that you know i the riffs on the album i mean i i I love, I love them. Uh, but again, not a good technical guitar player. So you're not going to get a five minute solo from me at all. Uh, yeah, please, please barely, don't know. Right. I can bar- barely play scales, but you know, can I write a riff? That's kind of fun. I think so. So it was, you know, it's basically just a collection of riffs that, you know, we, we put together. And so there aren't a lot of layers, you know, you're talking about over-engineering something. There aren't a lot of layers. Uh, the only uh, we did layer the vocals though. And so the vocals have this cool effect. Uh, and Ryan explained it to me. He said, that's how Ozzy did it on the black Sabbath albums. They did at least three tracks and just combined all three tracks. So it gives it kind of a natural chorus and reverb. 
because you're going to sing these things just a little bit differently every time around. So those vocals, it's, uh, it's three vocal tracks combined. So wow. that was the only thing then that was really engineered. Uh, but I, I like the way that it turned out for sure. And, you know, you go back and listen to these things and I, you know, it's kind of weird then as a musician to, uh, make an album to go back and listen to it. And there's some tracks that I'll turn on and like, I enjoy listening to it and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, there's a couple on there that I go, yeah, I like this. And there's a couple that I say, Hey, I really wish I could go back and redo this. You know, it's, and they're not regrets. It's just, you know, you learn over time. Okay. I wish I would have exerted a little more, um, authority, you know, in the mix or, Hey, let's do it this way. But I'm super happy with the way it turned out. I, it's amateur, you know, because we're, we were three old dudes in a garage. It's amateur, but I'm okay with that because it was fun. And I think that the end product, the end product is, is better than what I had hoped for. That's great. It's natural that you look at something that you did back then and think, ah, I shouldn't have done it like this. I should have done it like this because you got better. If you went back to the exact 100% DNA of yourself back then, you would have done exactly the same thing. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about it like that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to frame it that way. Yeah. I would have done it the exact same way if I had gone back yeah. in time. Yeah. You're right. What are you doing right now? Are you doing live shows? No, uh, not doing live shows. Uh, you know, things over here, live shows have just started back up, uh, boy, within the past two to three months. And it's now also difficult because I've moved to Maine. So this project, I don't know what this is going to turn into, but because we have this amazing technology, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that it is going to turn into something that we can continue. And, you know, I've got, you know, I went through a period where I wasn't excited about playing music and, you know, I was certainly excited about listening to it, but I'm starting to like there's there's something gestating inside of me again there i think there's you know there's another album that's waiting and how do i get this together and can i yeah. truly do this one then on my own and record everything can i record it here at my house can i send then the tracks to the party man and can he put a bass track on it and then how do i get matt fry to play drums uh you know these are things that I'm going to have to consider because, you know, I, I think there is something else, but you know, maybe it, maybe it turns into a different kind of, uh, kind of music, you know, more of a psychedelic, uh, you know, cause I'm yeah. starting to get into, you know, bands like a uh, King Buffalo or elder, which I think are, you know, while they're still stoner rock, there's some more psychedelic elements to it. So yeah, we'll see. So no, no to the live shows, but I, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can continue to record and figure something out because uh, something's brewing inside. Fantastic, man. I'm really looking forward to that. And um, my last question would be, where can people, where can we listeners find you and, and follow you and get notified about uh, new Buddha Haas stuff? Facebook, Buddha Haas, Buddha Haas Band on Instagram. We do not have Twitter. Uh, I am going to be promoting your show and Ooh. I'm excited about this. So please let me know when this is going to be out. 
And it, this for all of our six listeners. Yes. Uh, yes. We'll, hey, we'll guys. Get, <laughs> we'll get the word out. Uh, hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, definitely. You said even one is enough. But yeah. Absolutely. Great, man. I think this will be the one that I will have to edit least. Um, yeah, because it, it was it was such a pleasure, such a great experience to talk to you. I'm really happy that I took time from the meeting that I have still going on back there and I have to go back to it. <laughs> but I'm so happy that I have done this. It was a great, great, great experience to talk to you. Hey, you know, I'm excited too, because we've gone almost 50 minutes, Tamus, 50 minutes yeah. and, and it has flown by. And I think that's how a podcast is supposed to be. And as I, uh, you know, we've talked, you know, I'm hoping to do a podcast because I love movies. I want to get into talking about movies. And so this, you know, my wife has been giving me a hard time. You know, why are you getting all this equipment? It's it's like you're playing guitar again and you have all of this gear. Why are you doing this? You may not even be good at it. You may not even like doing a podcast. Try me out. Tell me about a movie. Give me a review. You know, and then I epic fail uh, trying to talk to her about a movie. But this gives me courage and hope that uh, anybody can do a podcast. And definitely, that, definitely. Yeah. And not to diminish what your skills, but this has been awesome. I'm with you. This has been fantastic. It's been like a conversation. And I think that's, uh, that's probably the key to these, isn't it? Definitely. That was so nice. And also, um, I don't know shit about like the sound editing or engineering or blah, blah. I just want to talk to people and I'm, I'm, I'm mostly doing this for myself. I can't shut up about stoner rock metal, whatever you want to call it. And I want to get to know people so that I learn more cool stuff from them. Because I, you know, like when I was talking to you, like, yeah, I, I still haven't caught up on even Black Sabbath, which is like, let's say the beginning. Right. And talking to people about those things. And I, I learn a lot of stuff and I get to ask them my uneducated questions. It's been fantastic. And I don't know about like how it's going to sound, if it will be. If the mixing will be just perfect or if I should, I don't know, put an effect on it or whatever. I mean, as you said, it's been 50 minutes and um, I think the content is a lot more important than how it is uh, mixed. So, yeah, I hope if anyone hears this, um, I will listen to this a few times because it was great. Um, right. Yeah, thank you so much for the for the great time. Oh my God. No, thank you, Tamus. This has been fantastic. And to think that, you know, you're in Germany, I'm on an island in Maine, and yeah. here we are talking about Stoner Rock. Here I, we are. I love it. I, I'm fantastic. I'm thankful for you. Thanks for having me on. And I hope to stay in contact with you. So thank you so oh, much. Oh, definitely. Definitely uh, we will. All right. All right. Well, you get to work. I got to get to work. All right, man. Um, all right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Um I hope you have a nice day. And for me, it's almost evening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the album. Uh, and I know I said it earlier. The album, the band's Budahas. The album's called Explore. Nine songs of rock and roll. Find it. iTunes, Spotify, uh, Pandora, anywhere you get your music. Check it out. Great. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to you Thank later. you, man. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.